Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this um, uh, pandemic and through the fact of not being able to gather in his houses has uh, allowed us to uh, remember and think about the blessing of being able to gather in the house of Allah and I think this surah is beautiful for that we're starting off on this surah because this surah is speaking about being accustomed to certain things and the fact that we're accustomed to certain things there's an expectation that um, they will always be there but they don't have to always be there and when we lose those things uh, then we begin to most people only then they realize how valuable those things are but there are certain blessed souls who don't do not wait for that moment to actually lose it before they start appreciating it they start appreciating the blessings while they are present so this Surah Quraysh is a, is a, a very beautiful surah to reflect on um, because we are speaking about these two, these two uh, this aspect of being accustomed to comfort of luxury of having plentiful of food and having a, a, a safety net not being worried about anything that's happening and when those things are taken away then uh, a person begins to think that how did that happen why did that happen and so forth so alhamdulillah I think it's a great opportunity for us to uh, reflect reflect upon that let us renew our intentions why have we come here we've come here to we prayed salat, salat al-maghrib al-jama'ah alhamdulillah and, it, and so that itself is a huge act of reward and then we sat after salat al-maghrib to attend a gathering of ilm a gathering of dhikr right now you heard Arif uh, Ahaviz Arif mentioned the virtues of, of knowledge and he's mentioning can those who know be equivalent to those who don't know can those who don't know be equivalent to those who know never they will never be the same there are completely two different groups of people so seeking of knowledge as, as, as many of you are you know uh, adult, uh, working adults whatnot, you're, making, you're taking this time out to come and study and sit this is a huge blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you should regard yourself as a student of knowledge officially as a student of knowledge uh, I remind myself and all of you that the, the deen is beautiful. The more intentions you make, the more reward there is. The more intentions you make, the more reward there is. So we can make intention of attending the masjid itself, which is rewarding. We can make intention of uh, doing i'tikaf in the masjid. We can make intention of sitting in a gathering of angels. We can make intention of sitting and meeting other uh, good Muslim brothers and good company. We can make intention of uh, practicing the sunnah of the sahaba and sunnah of the prophet ﷺ, which was to uh, go to the masjid to seek knowledge the, men, the hadith mentions the one who goes to the house of Allah to learn a chapter of knowledge it's more rewarding than a thousand rakats of nafil those of us who have prayed nafil after maghrib you might have prayed two rakats you may have prayed four maximum you would have prayed six how long is it going to take for us to read a thousand prayers rakats of nafil but that is a reward a thousand rakats of nafil for the one who comes to seek a chapter of knowledge such a simple, through easy amal. It didn't say how long the class has to be. Could be 20 minutes, could be 10 minutes. But your goal is, my goal is to seek the knowledge of the Qur'an, to seek the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That give, makes you in this category of mujahid fi sabilillah. The one who's struggling and striving in the path of Allah. What else you get as a mujahid fi sabilillah? That if a person passes away, he passes away as a shaheed. What else we get? That a person who passes away, between him and the prophets, between him and the prophets, there's one level in Jannah. 
ليس بينه وبين الله ليس بينه وبين الأنبياء إلا درجة واحدة في الجنة. Between you and the prophets is one level in paradise. Okay. What else? When you came to the masjid, you might have come in whatever car you came in, right? But your your car was not riding on the uh, 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 on the ground here and on the uh, uh, asphalt. But instead, it was driving, and as you walked into the masjid, you were walking, not on the uh, road, but instead you were walking on the wings of the angels. And as you walked here, all the birds in this, uh, the sky and the fish in the sea are seeking forgiveness for you. These are all the blessings that come with becoming a student of knowledge. There is no restriction, how much, how long. Generally speaking, if, as soon as you become a student of knowledge, mashallah, these rewards come. It's so important for us to remind ourselves of these uh, niyat because if we don't have this niyat in our mind and if we don't have what we call istihbar, if we don't keep these things present, then we're not going to get the reward for it. The only way you're going to get the reward for these things is to know about these things and thinking about it. So let's, I ask all of us who are listening here to make these intentions right now if you haven't already done so. And the, the more intentions we keep on adding up, inshallah, we'll keep on getting the reward. And what is another intention we can add to that? Anyone? On all the ones I just shared. Besides this, anything else comes to mind? There's a lot more. Think. What other possible intention can you make when you come to the house of Allah to study like this? Yeah. Spread the knowledge. Definitely. It's a huge thing. It's a huge thing. That I'm going to go teach this, whatever I learn, inshallah, to my kids, to my spouse. I'm going to go, and, and continuously I'm going to be teaching people. Right, that's one huge thing. All right, what else? Yes, I can hear you. Sadaqa. Okay, explain that. Huh? Sadaqa for parents. Did you think about this? Sadaqa for parents. Mashallah, your beloved father, Alhamdulillah, comes. You want to thank him. You're sitting here. You make intention. Ya Allah, the fact that I'm sitting here and I'm becoming a more learned student of the Quran allowed this reward to go to my dad and my mom who became a means of my growth and my birth into this world and my coming to this world and everything I have is a barakah of my parents. Right? So now you make niyah of sadaqah jariyah to your parents. And sadaqah jariyah for who else? Besides parents, who else we make sadaqah jariyah for? Teachers. There, a person is thinking about all his teachers and his teachers and teachers. This knowledge didn't come for free. Came through a lot of effort, hundreds and hundreds of years of effort, effort, sweat and blood and tears of people, and through that it has reached us. How do you thank all these people? When you read, when you open up Tafsir, oh Tafsir Ibn Kathir, let me sit back, enjoy with the AC in the back, let me read it. Let me read Tafsir Qurtubi, let me read Tafsir Baydawi, let me read Ma'arif Al Quran. We sit there and enjoy and read these Tafsirs. How much effort has gone into compiling those Tafsirs? How are you going to thank those people? They're, they're, they have long gone, died a thousand years ago, 500 years ago, 400 years ago. Well, when you sit to study, you make this niyyah. Ya Allah, allow my studying this tafsir to become a means of sadaqah jariyah for him in his grave. Right? So this, these are the multiple layers of intentions that we have when we're studying. And that practicing, propagating, implementing sadaqah jariyah, building a relationship with Allah, having a deeper understanding of the Qur'an. So now these are surahs of salah. You're gonna, you're gonna, every day we read these last 10 surahs. So that I'm going to improve my concentration, my prayer. That could be another iniyah. Right? So inshallah, if we all make these intentions, then it will be, of course, the reward will be amazing. Um, 
So we're going to start, we're going to do a short surah, inshallah, today. Not necessarily going to go till Isha, just till, um, till we finish the surah here. Li'ila fi Quraysh. Okay, so for the welfare of the Quraysh. Their welfare during winter and summer journeys. So let them worship the Lord of this house. Who provided them food against hunger and security against fear. So this is the short surah here. So, لِإِلَافِ Quraysh. What is that? Ilaf, ulfun, familiarity, to be accustomed with, to be comfortable with something. Ulf. You've heard in Urdu they say ulfat, right? Mahabbat ulfat. So, ulfa is love. A mu'allif. What's a mu'allif? Mu'allif is a compiler, composer. The one who writes a book, compiles things together, is called a mu'allif. Because he is taking things from here, taking things from there, and putting it together. That's called ta'lif. That's called what? Ta'lif. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَأَلَّفَ بَيْنَ قُلُوبِهِمْ Allah is the one who brought their hearts together. Who? Muhajirun and Ansar. لُوَنْفَقْتَ مَا فِي الْأَرْضِ جَمِيعًا If you were to spend whatever is on the earth, مَا أَلَّفْتَ بَيْنَ قُلُوبِهِمْ You would have never been able to bring their hearts together. وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ أَلَّفَ بَيْنَهُمْ But it is only Allah who has brought their hearts together. Ta'leefu al-Qulub is to bring the hearts. You have this famous organization called Ta'leef Collective. You may have heard of that organization. So that's about creating love, right? That's what it is. So, uh, who do you, who do you, when do you, how, how is love created? When you're familiar with someone. How do you get familiar with someone? When you bring things, bring them together. So it's all connected. And that's why one of the du'as you say, Ya Mu'allif al-Qulub. Oh, the, 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 the one who brings the hearts together. Alif bayna qulubina. Bring our hearts together. There is a beautiful hadith of the Prophet ﷺ where he said, Al-mu'minu ma'lafun. Al-mu'minu ma'lafun. I'm going focusing on the same root word. Hamza, lam, fi, fa, alf, ulf. Al-mu'minu ma'lafun. Which means a believer is the source of love. A believer is a source of connections. A believer is a source of unity. What else? Wala khayra al-mu'minu ma'lafun. There is no good in that one who doesn't love and is not loved. You know some people, they're always like, uh, always angry. And like my ustad, he would say, You know, if you drank sour milk, you make your face like that. Some people say they walk in, walk in like that, as though they just have drank something sour. Like why are you walking around, you know, angry and frustrated all the time? He says, that's not how we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be smiling people. We're supposed to be people who bring mahabba and love wherever we go. Even if people are frustrated, we, our presence there should be such that it deflates their frustration. It removes their frustration. Some of us, unfortunately, are the opposite. When people are happy, we'll come in and we find a reason to argue and fight. When a wife comes home, a husband comes home, when we meet each other, our, our, as a person of iman, it should be that if my spouse is frustrated or upset or angry about something, my presence should be able to calm it down. Not the opposite, that they're happy and I came in and it ruined the whole day for them. There is no good in the one who doesn't love and who's not loved. Who's not loved. Sometimes a person says, I don't know why people don't like me. Hey, everyone's against me. A whole world's going to, you know, 
Let them go where they need to go to. <laughs> because they, they all, I have a problem with everyone. You meet certain people. What they don't realize is that you don't, it's not that the people have a problem with you, you have a problem with them. How can one person be hated by everyone? How can one person be disliked by everyone? So it's a moment of reflection. If a person says, I, I'm not liked at home, I'm not liked at work, I'm not liked in the masjid, always argue, people want to argue with me. Maybe it's a problem with me, not with the, with, with the people. Maybe it's just something I always do that irritates and upsets people. So remember this hadith. No good in the one who doesn't love, nor is he loved. Our desire, our effort should be, wherever we go, that we do certain things to bring a smile on people's face. We'll do this inshallah. Right? Try to bring a happiness to people. So this is where this word ilaf comes from. That being familiar and accustomed to. And then Quraysh. Okay. So this is a diminutive form, small. And what is... What, what, what is it coming from? It could possibly come from the word Qirshun, which is a huge uh, 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 you know, uh, shark or a, some sort of other um, sea living creature that was known to be powerful and dominant and eat the lower, smaller class of fish. Okay, so that's what Qirsh could, it could be coming from that. A diminutive form, small form, Quraysh. And or else it could mean Qarsh, which means to gather. Completely two different meanings. Most of us probably all only heard of the word the tribe of Quraysh. But this is another meaning. Qarsh, which means coming from, from gathering. Uh, so what 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 is this surah speaking about then? Two ways of addressing it. One is that this surah is speaking about the tribe of Quraysh. And how they were accustomed to leading a very comfortable life. Even though they didn't deserve it to be like that. They were non-Muslims. They, they committed shirk. They, they, they worshipped idols. They put the idols in the Kaaba. And then on top of that, the, uh, their, their place, Mecca, was in a very dry desert between mountains. Very difficult place for vegetation to grow. Um, they're far away from people. They're not necessarily very liked by people. Because of just how uncivilized they were. So the, based on their uh, conditions, based on their atmosphere, uh, the, the, the geography of where they were, they should not have been enjoying life. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was kind to them and nice to them. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is basically saying, even though you didn't deserve it, I protected you from Abraha. I protected you from the whole army of elephants that came from the king of Yemen, which is going to, which is, which is the previous surah. Which surah? Surah Fil. That's why some scholars say this is one surah. Both of them together are one surah. Because it's very, uh, you know, it's interconnected. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, I saved you from Abraha. I saved you from the army of elephants, even though you didn't deserve that. And I continue to provide for you food and provisions. I allow you to go for these business trips to Yemen and to Syria. And protecting you from hunger and fear. So I want you to worship me. If, if there's, you have no reason to worship me, at least worship me for all this that I've given you. That's, what, that's one common mainstream tafsir. Another way of looking at this is Li'ilafi Quraysh is not speaking about just the tribe of Quraysh, but he's speaking about this aspect of gathering provisions. That people have just been accustomed to, humans have been accustomed to a lot of things. We're accustomed to, alhamdulillah, we are right now, accustomed to air-conditioned spaces. We're accustomed to cold water. 
We're accustomed to the presence of fruits and vegetables and, and meats and so forth. We're accustomed to wearing uh, polyester or nylon and then sometimes cotton, right? And then in the winter, nice thick wool jackets. Every every weather t a pattern that's, uh, you know, for every season, we've got different sets of clothing, different sets of uh, different types of food. And we've gotten accustomed to these things. But these things have not just been accustomed because by what you call haphazardly that happens, we got accustomed to them. Instead, Allah created those things for us to become accustomed. Okay, Allah created it just like that. So that it, was, it, it, it wasn't, hypo, it wasn't um, you know, uh, uh, um, it wasn't something that happened coincidentally. But instead, it was something that was meant by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to happen. So Allah wants us to reflect on that aspect. لِإِلَافِ Quraysh. Now if you look at this uh, um, family tree here, you have the Prophet here at the bottom, right? his name here. Son of Abdullah, son of Abdul Muttalib, son of Hashim, son of Abdul Manaf, son of Qusay, son of Kilab. Son of Murra, then go down here. Son of Kaab, son of Luay, son of Ghalib, son of Fahar. So, what does it say in brackets? Can anyone read that? Quraysh. Exactly. Huh? Uh, yeah, I can see it. You guys can see it, right? Yeah, okay, fine. So who is, who is the Quraysh then? So according to this very famous opinion Is that number two The children of Fihar bin Malik Right here They're called Quraysh And Quraysh was the, the laqab Or the nickname of Fihar So all the children And all the ch tribes That come from underneath this From below Fihar All of them are going to be called Quraysh Do you get that? So that is something, that's what this, pretty much this, this whole chapter, this uh, whole map is showing us. All the way till Adnan. Till Adnan, the Prophet Sallallahu lineage is set. Then above Adnan, Adnan, meaning set meaning is not common knowledge. Above Adnan, those are, you know, different opinions. Till Adnan it's set. So this is, why did we have this here? To tell us who Quraysh is. So he mentions that all the people of Mecca, they were Quraysh. And the Quraysh were the ones who held different positions of power in Mecca. It was distributed, including all the services and Hajj, providing Zamzam, taking care of Mina. All of those things. And they had two trips a year during the winter and summer. Now, who started this? The story goes that Hashim bin Abdul Manaf is the one who started this. And this was because they were going through a lot of poverty. This is what we're talking about hundreds of years ago, right? Before Rasulullah. That they used to go many times through suffering of, of poverty and not having food. So when a, when a family would not find food, then the father would carry his children, his wife, whatnot, to a known place and would set up a tent out there in the desert and they would remain there until they would die out of hunger. He said, we can't die in the city. 
we ran out of food, we gotta leave town and go die there. And this was called i'tifar. I'tifar was what they used to do. Just going out pretty much in the desert and dying. So one time, that a group, a family from the, tri- the sub-tribe of Bani Makhzum, they went through the same condition. They lost all, they had no food, and they decided that we need to do i'tifar, we need to go out into the desert and die. So this news reached Hashim bin Abdul Manaf. And he stood up and gave a khutbah amongst the Quraysh. And he said, you have started this horrible bad habit of just letting your people die. You are, numbers are decreasing while the Arabs are increasing. You are becoming disgraced while the Arabs are becoming honored. Even though you are the people of the Haram of Allah, you are the people of the Kaaba, and people want to follow you. And this i'tifar and this thing is not happening to random people. Eventually it's going to come to your own homes. And you will also start dying and losing this. So we cannot do this anymore. We have to stand up as a community to fight this poverty. So then he ga- gathered uh, all the s- sons from each household. And he said, let's go on for two business trips. And whatever profits the wealthy make on these business trips... We will distribute the profit between ourselves and the poor of our tribe. Until the poor from us become like the wealthy. But we don't have the money to give right now. So we need to do business with the intention of uplifting this. How nice. SubhanAllah. How nice. No one is saying just keep on giving hand. You have to come up with a method of creating wealth and making people self-sufficient. But you have to have this jazbah and this desire that you don't want to see poverty around yourself. And so this is what, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made way for them to start um, you know, traveling and they started going every year. Rihla is, means an expedition and travel. Shita'i was saif, winter. Shita is saif and summer is saif. Um, shita is winter and saif is summer. So they had these two trips in the different seasons. So you'll see here, Makkah, from here all the way up to Syria. And the other trip would be down south to Yemen. Yearly these two trips were taking place. And it's of course far distance. Now it mentions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had so much mercy upon them that people from across uh, Egypt and Habasha, right here, Habasha, Eritrea, would come in the ships and they would come to Jeddah, the seaport of Jeddah. And they would come with their animals and other things to sell. And the people from Makkah, look how close it is for that time, two nights of traveling, they would travel over to Jeddah and they would purchase and buy things from them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala started providing for them risk with such ease. Okay. Now the question, let's go back up here. Li'ilafi Quraysh. Lam. Lam comes in the meaning of four. The surah is starting off with four. Usually, this is connected with something else. Give me a glass of water so that I may drink it. Bring me a pen for writing. Right? 
four is going to be connected. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, for the welfare of the Quraysh, what is this connected with? That's something to think about. So some scholars say this is connected to the previous surah. أَلَمْ تَرَكِي ذَتَعَ عَلَى رَبُّكَ بِصْحَابِ الْفِيلَ لَمْ يَجْعَلَ كَيْدًا فِي ذَضْلِيلِ وَرَسَلَ عَلَيْهِمْ طَيْرًا نَبَابِيلِ تَرْمِيهِمْ بِحَجَارَةٍ مِنْ سِجِّيلِ فَجَعَلَهُمْ كَعَصْفٍ مَأْكُولِ إِلَى فِي قُرَيْشِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroyed the birds I'm sorry, destroyed the elephants and he turned them into eaten up husks that's how these elephants look like through the birds why did he do that? لِإِلَى فِي so that's the connection. Others have said, لِإِلَى فِي قُرَيْشِ The reason why it's not mentioned, what is connected with it, to create shawq and raghba and desire for you and I to ask, where's the story going? It's like, uh, you know, you start a story with suspense. So the story is starting off with this, a surah is starting with a suspense. For the welfare of Quraysh, and you're wondering, what? What's going on? And then Allah repeats it, إِلَى Their welfare and their being accustomed to traveling on business trips in the winter and the summer. Okay, what, where, again, what is this connected with? Well, here you go. It's connected with this ayah. So let them worship the Lord of this house. So this surah, or rather this ayah, is like a, what we call, shart jawabu shart. Conditional statement. Because I'm doing this, you need to do this. Because I sold you something, you need to give me the money. Because I uh, was nice to you, you need to be nice to me. Alright, conditional statement. So it's as though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, because I've given you all of this, if you cannot be thankful to me for anything, at least be thankful for the fact that you are enjoying prosperity and wealth. And at least through this barakah, think about me. You know, sometimes people give gifts to their kids and they say, oh, maybe this will be, a, or anyone else, maybe this gift will, be, will, will, will make you remember me. Right, a parting gift. Make, maybe you'll make your, every time you wear this, every time you, you use this, you will remember me and make dua for me. That's supposed to, what's supposed to happen. That's what you want from an, ideally a gift, is that when that person uses it, he will make dua for you. I, I was telling uh, the students uh, that you know, one of my teachers, who I, I always mention his stories here, Monana Choksi Sahab, today I mentioned maybe five, six stories in different classes. So, um, <laughs> a few years ago, one of the musallis was going to South Africa. And I decided to send something. I said, let me, he told me like, 2 p.m. I have a business trip to South Africa. You want to send something? I said, oh my God. So I ran to Walmart and I just bought some things quickly. And I bought, uh, I was like, let me buy some, a, a, a nice a frying pan and a, a, a nice, uh, what you call, a tea sifter, you know, chalni, and a, a, a spatula. Something, something good, nonstick or high quality, whatever, high, highest quality you could get at Walmart. <laughs> and I sent that over, right? And uh, then a week or two a week later, one of the students told me that, oh, Monana wants to talk to you. So I said, yeah, of course. Okay, let's, so I called him up. And subhanAllah, you know, for two, three minutes, he just gave me this amazing out-of-the-world dua. For two, three minutes, he just, just gave me dua. And I was so emotional listening to it. I said, just for something that costs $30, $40, to be able to get that type of dua, you know. And, and, uh, and now every single time I call, he's like, I just finished making chai using your stuff. Or I just finished making breakfast. His, his wife... Um, about three, four years ago, Rahimahullah Rahmatullahi passed away. SubhanAllah. So he's 100% alone now. His kids all grown up, you know, married and, and whatnot. And um, all the students have been telling him to get married again. But he refuses. He's like, no, I'm done. So, but it, it, he's, he's very, very lonely. SubhanAllah. So, I mean, so now he does all the cooking and everything himself. 
So that's why whenever I, I, I call him, but he's always just thinking about, he always mentions the fact that I just use this, I just use that. And that's just, you know, his, his, his kindness and his, um, uh, mashallah, appreciation, which I don't deserve, but it's what we call shakur, someone who's grateful. And then we learn from that, that when we, the, the purpose of a gift, when we give to one another, is we, subhanAllah, this will create mahabba and love, and this person will remember me, you know, and, uh, and, and that we don't, uh, we don't make a, there's a joke, we don't want to make a big deal about it. A person says, some people, they don't know how to act when they give gifts. So he said one, one type of person, he gave a, you know, a, 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 a suit, a nice suit to someone who didn't, have, who, had, who didn't have nice clothes at all. And there's a time a wedding was coming. So he, had, he was a poor person, didn't have nice clothing. So he bought him a nice shirwani or a suit. And then he met him eventually at the wedding. And in front of everyone, he wouldn't say, MashaAllah, bhai, the suit I gifted you, shirwani, say fit hori, ni fit hori, bhai, jo mein aapko shirwani hadiyah mein diya hai, kaisi lagri, kaisa mehsus ho raha hai? Right? Every single time you'd see him in a, in a gathering, he would always rub it in and say, that suit I've given you is a fitting or nice. There are people like that who actually do things like this. And they, what is this called? Anyone know the word for that? Men. Men. Mean noon. Mushaddad. Men. From the Quran. لا تطلوا صدقاتكم بالمن والأذى Allah says, do not nullify your sadaqah by boasting your favors upon people. Khatam. No, 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 you're not getting any reward for this. May Allah forgive me. May Allah forgive us for ever saying this or doing anything. If we've donated or given a gift to some place or something to talk about it, you can talk about all you want. Then you purchased something. You didn't donate. What have you done? You purchased. If you say, I donated something to an Islamic school, I need to have a parking spot for, for my donation. This is not outlandish. This type of stuff that happens nowadays. Okay, don't call that donation then. You purchased it. We'll, we'll do this transaction. You're not going to get anything over there. You purchased a spot. Don't ever think you've done sadaqah. So per, people sometimes think that because of my charity, I have a right to demand this or say this or say things like that. You can, but then you've just done a bartering. You bought and sold in the dunya. You got nothing left in the akhirah. Allah is saying that in the Quran, لا تبطلوا sadaqatikum. Do not nullify your rewards of charity by boasting your favors. This is from Surah Al-Imran. Surah Al-Baqarah I'm <coughs> sorry Surah Al-Baqarah So um, Allah Jalla Jalalu is saying فَلْيَعْبُدُوا Because the fact that I've given you so much you let, you, let, let them worship the Lord of this house Now my friends Lord of this house What does that tell us here? Allah could have said فَلْيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهِ Just worship Allah But He doesn't say فَلْيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهِ He says worship the Lord of this house And that is Because to remind you, what does house mean? House means, house is a place where you rest. House is a place you cook your food, you eat your food. House is a place where you have your wife and your kids. House is a place where you protect yourself from the heat and the cold. House is a place where you run away from enemy. House is a place where you, home, sweet home. Your comfort, everything is in the home. That's what house is. It doesn't have to be huge, it doesn't have to be whatever it is. Whatever you place, you got your family, your wife, your kids, your, 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 your place of sleeping, that's your nice home. So when you say house, Allah is making you remember those blessings. I'm not just asking you to worship Allah. I'm asking you to worship the Lord, the one who's running all of these things. See, I'm running the house. Allah said, I'm the Rabb. I'm, I run your house. Rabb is the one who takes care of all the needs. He is the one who's taking care of every aspect of our home. To think about the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, bait is, could be, of course, the Kaabatullah. But it doesn't have to be. Bait could be your home and my home. 
if you take the general meaning of these verses, it doesn't have to be only for the Kaaba. Of course, one obvious meaning is the Kaaba, but all of us have our baits at our own homes. Allah is telling us, think about how you've been accustomed to the different uh, uh, summer and winter seasons. If summer, like the heat that you had last week, if you had this for 12 months a year, you get tired of it. But then every time you're thinking of the heat, think about how cold it gets here too, right? And, and sometimes you say, oh my God, when am I gonna get the end of this? So Alhamdulillah, Allah has brought tanawwa and changes between the weather patterns. You got fall, you got, you got uh, spring, you got summer, you got winter. Each one has its beauty. Each one's got his own fruits, vegetables, and all of those things. Different types of dressing uh, and the different types of clothing that we wear that's, uh, that is appropriate for that weather. So this is bait. Think about the fact how Allah is running these affairs to us. Allah Jalla Jalalu says, do not let their frequent travels in their cities deceive you. What does that mean? Meaning when you look at the disbelievers, how they are vacationing and enjoying themselves, traveling from here to there, don't think that, oh man, I wish I had that in lieu of my iman. They don't have iman, but they're able to do all of that. Or look at how they're conquering land after land. That means that the ability to travel vastly throughout the lands, that means Allah is their beloved to Allah. No, that's not the case. Allah says, do not get impressed by what you're seeing. Just because a person has money or a person is traveling extensively does not make them. Look at the YouTube channels that people have, millions of followers, dedicated to some person who is continuously get riches, rich because people are watching them. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Five million followers, two million followers. They left their jobs just to do this YouTube. And what, they, what is the video? They're traveling. They are, right now there's a famous in the news, some Nigerian... Uh, he got arrested, you guys heard that? Right? His whole, his YouTube, he had I don't know how many millions of followers. And some person from Nigeria, and he would just talk about his wealth, Rolls Royces, private jets, and he would show all of this, and he, people would just sit there like, and gawk, gawk at like, oh wow. wow. Look at this person, how much he has. They found out that he was involved in embezzlement through credit card scam, email scam, you know, the Nigerian scams, unfortunately. The, I don't want to put them under the bus, all of them, but we all have received those emails where you're getting a call from the prince of Nigeria and king of Nigeria. No? You didn't get it? Okay. You don't have to feel left out. It's okay. It's good if you didn't get it. So you get those scams. So he was doing all of that. Hundreds of millions of dollars he was scamming. Apparently. Actually, do you know he was brought to Chicago? You know that? So that's another case. They're saying that he was, uh, his lawyer is saying he was kidnapped from Dubai and was brought into Chicago and that there's no um, treaty between the UAE and the United States for that. So, Allahu Alam, what's gonna happen? <laughs> but this is an example of someone who is showing this fake wealth, and people sit there and say, oh, I wish I had that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, do not be impressed by their frequent traveling, by their luxury that people show. All right. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Whichever people are given the bounties of amnesty and food and they do not show gratitude for such bounties, Allah will make them taste fear and hunger as explained in the, as explained in the verse of Surah Al-Nahl. Alhamdulillah, my dear friends, all of us are enjoying food and amnesty and peace. So this is why this ayah, I want you to listen to it attentively if you haven't already heard it before. Allah says, وَضَرَبَ اللَّهُ مَثَلًا Allah gives an example of a village and a town. كَانَتْ آمِنَةً Which was safe and secure. Yeah, number one, safety and security. Number two, which its means of sustenance used to come in abundance from every quarter, from every place of the world. Isn't that our life in America? Right? Peace and security, and mashallah, plenty of food. Go to Walmart, go to Costco, look everywhere. Even though people still start to go stocking up, but 
unnecessarily. We had alhamdulillah so much abundance. فَكَفَرَتْ بِأَنْعُمِ اللَّهِ Then they became ungrateful to the favors of Allah. They just, they got intoxicated with luxury. فَذَاقَهَ اللَّهُ لِبَاسَ الْجُوعِ وَالْخَوْفِ بِمَا كَانُوا يَصْنَعُونَ Allah made them wear the garb of hunger and fear because of what they, what they, what they did, what they wrought. Okay, what does adhaqa mean? Adhaqa means to taste. Libas al-ju'a. Libas, libas means garb. The, the garb of hunger and fear. Do you know why, what possible reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't just say Allah made them taste hunger and fear? Instead He said the garb of hunger and fear? Anyone want to take a guess? Garb of hunger and fear? Yes. Huh? I can't hear you. Okay. Taste is temporary. Uh, but what, okay, that's there. True. But what's libas? Libas is garment. Yes. What happens with the garment? It's all encompassing. Top to bottom, you're in a garment. You're not just tasting on your tongue. So it's a complete garment of fear. Every cell of their body is scared. And every cell of their body is hungry. Immersement, immersing in these two punishments. Because of what they did. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, it doesn't take long for me to switch the conditions. From prosperity to poverty. And from peace to fear. It can happen any second. This is the, people, the story of the people of Makkah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala eventually when Nabi sallallahu cursed them you know and he said oh Allah bring them upon upon them the years of drought the way you had brought the years of drought on on who? Yusuf alayhi salam's you know nation I mean before Yusuf alayhi went and helped them out right so for seven years they went into extreme hunger and poverty and they had nothing to eat. They were eating uh, carrion and, and you know, all sorts of stuff like that. They went through a lot of, of difficulty. So this ayah is not specific to the people of Makkah. It's for anyone. It is, remind, it is reminding us that the two biggest blessings after Iman in this world is having food on their plate and having peace at home. Thank Allah for that. Thank that Allah and worship that Allah, the Lord of the, of the house, who provided them food against hunger and provided them security against fear. Because of this security, they enjoyed being the custodians of the house of Allah, the, the Meccans. And food, they had easy access to fertile soil and affluence even though Makkah itself was nothing like that. Like I told you, trips to Jeddah, trips to Yemen and Syria. Allah says regarding the Meccans, Do they not see that we have established a safe haven for them? For who? For the people of Makkah. It's a haram. It's protected. While people right around them are being snatched, are being plucked, highway robbers are killing them. Skirmishes are happening. People are dying left and right, but the people in Mecca, they put their sword back in when they enter the Kaaba. You're enjoying safety. Right? It's like the demilitarized zone. Are you seriously going to be believing in falsehood and reject the blessings of Allah? Allah is asking the people of Mecca, why are you not in thanking Allah for what you have? Another ayah. Have we not established for them a secure sanctuary? Produce of all kinds are being brought to it as a provision from us. 
ولكن أكثرهم لا يعلمون but most of them know not again my friends this ayah is also for us please think about these verses and think about how when we're reading about India the extent of our poverty the extent of our hunger the extent of our fear is when we read about Syria and Iraq on our BBC or CNN for five minutes Acha, Asawa, a hundred people died over there uh, you know millions of Yemeni little kids are dying out of starvation every single year right it's crazy thousands of people are in, in fear I'm telling you myself I just had a nightmare right in the, and it was just it was just um, a few days ago subhanallah it was just about I don't know how this happened but it, going to Syria and being taken in um, into one of these camps where you know they were they were which I thought was not anything but Allah forbid you know we're going to torture me but yeah, alhamdulillah that didn't happen but just, just I remember when I woke up and I was thinking uh, I, I got I somehow got you know I got out of that mess but then some very beloved brothers of mine and known people I came out of there and I was told that you know they were taken and they were scholars and they were taken and you know um, and, and they're not coming and they're, they've disappeared and in my dream I was crying so much and I said subhanAllah what happened I got up thinking about you know in, in so sh- it shredded in fear and shrouded in fear like what, what was that it was just a small short shaitani dream you know not at, like before Fajr or anything like that so but it's just that's, that's the extent of our fear I'm just that's all I'm trying to say may Allah protect us from, from that fate and may Allah have mercy upon those who are going through that. But fear, alhamdulillah, we don't know what it means. We simply read about it, or we have a little, you know, a, thing, a thought about it, and we say, okay, that must be horrible. But we don't know what it means to have people coming to your house and pulling away your kids from you, or pulling away the parents. Did you hear what, uh, in, uh, what's happening here in China uh, uh, for the Muslims? Uh, anyone now, if, if you were to have more than one child, They'll come and as soon as they find out, no matter what age the child is, they're coming snatching them away, snatching the kids away of the Muslims. And they're forcing sterilization of all the, all the women. You ever read about this? This is happening in the past couple of weeks. Uh, it's horrendous. We can't even imagine what the life must be in these camps. For how many? Not 50 or 20, 1 million. And this week, we're remembering the 25th anniversary of what? Anyone remember? You read in the news at least? Something happened in 1995. Something bad happened to Muslims. Exactly. The genocide against the... Who? The Bosnians. In a matter of a day, 8,000 men and boys were killed. And 50,000 women were raped multiple times. 50,000. That's like a whole city of Naperville. Right? 8,000. And they were all just like their neighbors. White, you know, blue-eyed, uh, blonde hair type of people. Just like their co- European counterparts. But simply and only and only and only because they were Muslim. They were slaughtered. So if you haven't read about it, or you missed it, you're too young or you're too old or whatever the case may have been, go ahead and read it at least. And as they say, you know, read Surah Al-Fatiha, read Qul Allah three times, and make knee of Isar al-Thawab for those people. You know? Uh, and first, that's how the dunya is. We forget people, we'll also be forgotten one day. So this is what I'm saying. We don't understand the f- fear, but you're reading the, the genocide that took place there, reading the Rwandan genocide, and all these other genocides that have happened. These are not the only ones, there are many. Reading about that is important. It makes us appreciate the pl- blessing of aman and peace that we have. Seriously. 
um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says again about the people of Makkah whoever enters it is safe even today Allah has made the Kaaba a sacred house a source of stability for people and this is the this, uh, this is the acceptance of the dua of Ibrahim alayhi when Ibrahim said oh Allah make this land a place of safety and keep me and my sons from worshipping idols and Allah accepted his dua and Allah made Kaaba a place of safety Allah, Ibrahim salam made next dua Make the hearts of the people yearn towards them And provide them with fruits so that they may be grateful And they are enjoying fruits like never before And everyone's heart is inclined We cannot go to Hajj this year But our hearts are dying to be, to be present there right? So this is uh, the, the, uh, the blessing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has Given to the people of Kaaba And people of Makkah then and now uh, Inshallah we'll end with the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu When he said uh, related by Abdullah bin Mihsan al-Khatami He says uh, Rasulullah said Man asbaha minkum aminan fi sirbi Whoever wakes up in the morning While he is in safety in his home He has safety at home Mu'afan fi jasadi He is enjoying well-being and health in his body Number one, safety in the home Number two, you're healthy Number three عندahu قوتu yomi And he has one day's worth of food Do all of us have that? Yes? You have safety in your home, health in your body, and not one day, one year's worth of food. The Prophet said, dunya." It's as though the entire dunya has been brought to your feet. You're the king of the world. We're all kings. All of us. So we need to be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One dua I came across, which was a very beautiful dua, which is, Oh Allah, Allow me to become grateful and thankful to you. Okay, allow me to become grateful and thankful to you by the abundance of your blessings and not by the absence of your blessings. Some people recognize Allah when they lose their things. And some people recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like you can recognize Allah through shukr and you can recognize Allah through sabr. Why you want to ask for sabr? Why you want to ask for sabr? Instead, might as well just do the shukr while you have it. Just keep on your ibadat be through of shukr all the time. And say and ask Allah to save you from having to recognize Him through sabr. If it comes your way, you didn't ask for it, then you have to do that. But we want to become, we ask Allah to grant all of us afia and well-being that we continue to thank Allah and appreciate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through shukr. What is ibadah, my friends? It's not to just obey Allah. Ibadah is you obey Allah because you love Him. Ibadah is because you love Allah because you understand who He is. It's not just oh, grudgingly obeying Him. That's not called Ibadah. Ibadah requires knowing Him and loving Him. And number two, Ibadah requires 100%. You're in or you're out. Not half-half. 100% you're in or you're out. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant you and I the sweetness of Iman. Grant us the ability to become true Abideen. Grant us the ability to be grateful to Allah. Save us from ever being having to taste fear or poverty. And have mercy upon all of those brothers and sisters in the entire world who are being tested through fear and poverty. May Allah replace their fear and poverty with peace and security and, and food and provisions in this world and the next. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi subhanakallah wa bihamdik. Nashadu wa la ilaha illa ant. Nastaghfiruka wa natuhu ilayk. Jazakumullahu khaira. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.